Alright, Wagwan, you wankers. Back to Football Tings podcast, the greatest podcast on the planet. Uh, today we're going to talk about the, uh, I would say the European Soccer League, but uh, that's what Addy likes to call it. But we're going to talk about the, uh, um, you know what it is. European Super League. And we're going to talk about the new Champions League format for a little bit. But first, we're going to talk about the European Soccer League. So, Ade, go ahead. Talk about it. <laughs> I just said it one time. I was thinking of the USL and then the ESL, and it just kind of combined. It just kind of combined. So, yeah, the European Super League. Uh, football almost died three days ago. Not going to lie. Yeah. I was, I don't know about you guys, but I was extremely just disappointed. Sad. Yeah, just yeah. sadness. That was really sad. Just yeah. pure sadness. Just, yeah. I mean, for. Uh, for me, the one thing that, like, soccer will always be the best sport in the world for me. And the main reason because of that is especially just how it's, it is structured in Europe. One part of it, a lot of people living in the States, they don't know that a lot of these, like, smaller cities and stuff in Europe, soccer is so ingrained, not just in the culture, but in the history of a lot of these places. Like, my club is considered new, and we were founded in 1905. The, the NFL is only 50 years old. You know, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. This, this, so, this sport is deeply ingrained into a lot of, just a lot of these places. You have, clubs come that, you have clubs that are over 100 years old. And the main thing about this is that, that is, I think, special about the sport is that it all comes back to the grassroots. And... There's a there's a there's a line of I don't want to say hierarchy because I don't want to think that I don't want to imply that the above levels have more power but there there is the the progression level that there is within the league you have the Premier League Championship League One Two the National League stuff like that and these six clubs were willing to throw away and not just these six English clubs because I know this podcast is predominantly the Premier League but uh, these 12 clubs around Europe were willing to throw all of the history and stuff that has gone gone on through those divisions and the trophies and all of that just to make a few extra euros or pounds or whatever you want to call it. But yeah, I thought it was quite disgraceful. I thought it was quite I, disgraceful. I, I, I don't think Perez is going to give up. I know, you, I know you say that there's no way it'll happen again, but I, he's not going to give up. I mean, he's going to try and pull something again. Yeah. In, in about a couple, I think a couple of years. Yeah. Gonna, I, I don't know how he's gonna do it. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, I def, I mean, it's not gonna be the same. Obviously, I mean, he's not gonna come out with the same proposal. Obviously, because that just won't work. I feel like he might try and tweak it a little bit. I, I, I don't know how he's going to do it, but he is. You, you've seen already how stubborn he is. Yeah. He's not. He's not gonna shy away from this. Obviously, just because. He's a, he's a little butthurt right now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You want to say a little piece on each of the clubs that were willing to join? Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I would like to start okay, yeah. with my club. <laughs> that shit was the funniest thing I've seen Bro, in my that, life. That's, the, that's Bro. the only positive thing that has come out of the Super League <laughs> the is memes. the Tottenham Arsenal meme. Bro, yeah, that shit was it so like, funny. Bro. When I saw, like, I saw all the other teams, and I'm like, okay, it makes sense. Like, you know, they're very successful in their league. And then I see Spurs and Arsenal. 
Now, Arsenal, I get. The history is there. Spurs is just like, oh, we're going to finish bottom of the league. If there was ever a Super League. Um, at, least, at least Tottenham almost won. Like, okay, see, okay, see I say this. Mm-hmm. Like, Arsenal, in the past five years, Arsenal have almost won the Super Almost won the Europa League twice. Right. Sevilla have won it four times. Four times in the past five years? Yeah, and they weren't not, even... Not, con- not, even, not even considered. It's ridiculous. Like, there are some teams on here that I don't think deserve to be on here, like, over some teams. Like, AC Milan is here after one year of emergence when Atalanta's finished in the I top mean, four in Italy three years. I mean, there's no point so in even talking about, like, who deserves to be on who, who's better. I mean, it's just about who the bigger club is. Like, who right. has... Bigger club means who has more money. I mean, there's no point in debating, like, oh, obviously Arsenal are intense. We shouldn't be there. Obviously, we shouldn't be there. <laughs> we shouldn't. We can't, we can't even make, be in a Europa spot. Not even Europa Conference. Oh, yeah, right. but, Europa Conference. Nah, but Arsenal and Tottenham being in there was just, it was great jokes. Um, then we had, what, City, which I don't think anybody was very surprised about. We had United, we had Liverpool, we had... Uh, Let, let's, talk, let's talk about the, the, the dickheads who pushed for this in the first place. So, I, wanna, I don't want to get the names wrong. It was Fiorentino Perez, it was... Ed, Florentino Perez is the Ed, head chairman. Yeah. And it was... And Ed Woodward. Super League. The Ed, vices, it was four vices. Oh, right? I, I know no. the two main vices were Glazer and Agnelli. There was yeah. Glazer, Agnelli. who... Um, you guys who don't know is the United. owner of Manchester United. Yeah, and then you had Inglésio. Two, wait, it was it was just Joe Glazer. It was just Joe Glazer. Two, the of uh, the fam the family owns the United. The, was the it fam the Glazer family owns Manchester United? Was it just Joe, Joe or Glazer. was it Woodward as well? Woodward was a vice. I'm pretty sure Woodward was a vice chairman. He was a vice chairman as well. But the vice chairman that I know for a fact mm. is Stan Kroenke. Uh. And Glacey, the owner but, well, of what Fabrizio Romano posted, there was okay. the chairman Perez, yes. and there's two vice chairmen, Agnelli and Glazer. Agnelli, who, is, who was, was, if you guys don't know, Conky wasn't a chairman. He wasn't, he wasn't chairman? No. Okay, I thought he was. But, if you guys don't know about this dude, Agnelli, he was the, what was his actual job at UEFA? I'm pretty, I, he's, he's, he's on the board. Well. He's on the board for you. He was on the board, yeah. He like, left his role at UEFA, yeah. This guy was he, he was, was he was on the board for UEFA. He was a vice something. He was a vice something. He was a high level figure of the board of UEFA, okay? UEFA, I'm pretty sure you got If you don't know who UEFA is, first of all, I don't know why you're listening to this podcast. Second of all, UEFA is the governing body of all European football in Europe. So, FIFA version of Europe basically. And that president of UEFA is um, Sheffrin or Sheffrin, yes. whatever his name is. Yeah. Uh, I'm not gonna. So Agnelli was basically a vice of this dude. Um, I'm sorry, I keep saying his name wrong. I don't know how it is, but Sheffrin, the president of UEFA, this guy is very close with Agnelli, and during the whole time that they were working with each other. Um, Sheffrin has said multiple times that he he. Repeatedly question Agnelli on the involvement because I, as most of you guys remember, when this thing happened, all all twelve of these clubs came out of nowhere. Yeah. They just bursted onto the scene, and then Sheffron was asking asking Agnelli, asking Agnelli, what like what's going on? Do you do you know anything about this? He's like, no, no. He kept saying, no, 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 no. Guys, this dude Agnelli was the god. He was god. He was godfather. the godfather. Of Chefren's children, 
I just, I just want you guys to understand this. He was the godfather of this man's children, and he lied to his face. Absolute snake. Absolute, absolute snake. Lie. But this, okay, this thing that, so, okay, I mean, I don't want to go against what Fabrizio says. What Fabrizio says is most likely true, but Adek found something on Wikipedia that said the four vice chairmen were Stan Kroenke, John Henry from Liverpool, I think uh, Joe Glazer and Agnelli. I think Agnelli and Glazer are like the main chairman. The yeah, other two are like yeah, subordinate ones. Okay, but I'm, if I already, we already Glazer's already not Glazer. Um, Woodward is already leaving for United, right? Meaning that the Glazer family is probably out. Yes. Um, Agnelli just resigned from UEFA. Mm-hmm. Probably is going to end up resigning from Juve. Um, oh yeah, Woodward was another was was another implicator in this, but one. Let's talk about the common dom- denominator here. We see four chairmen there, yeah. you know, five chairmen there. Mm-hmm. Three of them are American. And Ed Woodward worked at J.P. Morgan. Yeah. It, so America tried to fuck UEFA, basically. Pretty much. And the, I don't want to say the MLS influence, but it's it, it it's is heavily, it's heavily represented. Uh, kind of replicates in some way. It's just like, oh, the idea of nobody being relegated, but like the however many best teams being there and like continually battling it out, what, twice a um, And then like Perez knew that. Perez knew that these Ameri- these rich American owners would just automatically, yeah. oh yeah. Yeah, you know, it's the MLS. It's, the MLS. it's safe money, you know? Right, mm-hmm. but it, ooh. I will say that the fan backlash from all this was commendable. Like, I have never seen something just like, Posted that much, hand fisted that much until I saw this, and you know you obviously had the protests. You had um, like people like uh, Jamie Carragher just like going off on Sky Sports, which that was a great watch. You know things of that nature. Jordan Henderson calling Captain Needles like <laughs> Bummy Yang. Bummy Yang stopped it. but um, yeah, out of all these people that were like a part of the leadership board. I say minimum three of them lose their jobs. Like, one of them is already pretty much gone. One thing, like, okay, I understand I have an agenda somewhat against United. But one thing, like, I really, I really want to make clear. This, the Glazers. I was, of all the clubs that did this thing, the most I was disappointed with was Manchester United. They have a clock tower on the side of their stadium that is a memorial for people who have died in the in the competition that they're trying to leave. If you don't know what the bu- the Bugsy Babes are, then then yeah. you're not a United fan. I don't, you're not a soccer fan. Like I don't, I don't, I don't associate with you. But the bro, the fact the fact that they tried to do that, and then Liverpool did the same thing with uh, Heimdall. Yeah. Or um, Herschel, whatever it was. I mean, these owners were freaking heartless. Like, and I know some, whatever news come out about freaking Arsenal and Chelsea talking about they they were they didn't want to do it, but they had to. They kind of forced to. It doesn't matter. All these twelve owners should hang their heads in shame because they tried to destroy the integrity of football. The the meritocracy of it, how you do what you do during the season, you win the amount of games that you do, you get the amount of points that you do, 
and then depending on how you perform, if you finish high enough, you get to Champions League, and then next season you get to battle out with the best. Yeah. It is all about, and then if you don't, and on the opposite side of the spectrum, if you don't do good enough, and if you're shit enough, and you don't play good enough, you get relegated, and that's what happens when you don't play. That's what happens when you don't play up to par. So the fact that they wanted to curve around that this, they wanted to curve around this specific piece of European football history is an utter disgrace in my book. And I mean, yes, it is a wonderful thing that the clubs are have been backing out in the past uh, uh, one to two days, but the fact that they joined in the first place is an utter disgrace. And I really hope that nothing like this happens again in the future. The fact that all, I'm pretty sure all of these clubs were built by fans, were built like by like factory workers and, you know, things like that. You have, like, all these clubs who have, like, you know, these certain quotes about their fans and stuff. Like, Liverpool, obviously, you never walk alone. United is, like, you know, uh, football is nothing without the fans. Barca is a uh, mess club. And all of that, they go against, like, the literal, uh, the literal words that they go... Uh, they literally go against the words of their club. It's ridiculous. Um, now, the clubs remaining, uh, Real, Barca, and uh, Juve, all, uh, I mean, we can understand why Real is still in it because of Florentino Perez. We can understand why Juve is still in. Barca, which has been explained to me thoroughly by some uh, dickhead Barca fans, is uh they're doing a vote for the uh, socios who are the yeah. members the member owners of um, football club Barcelona. My only problem with that is, uh, as Homie tried to describe to me, or explain to me, I think that the reason why, not the reason why Barcelona in it, but like right now they're talking about oh we're trying to get a vote off of the socios because they are the member of Barcelona, and once we get a vote from them then we can leave. I think, well, to me, that just comes as a PR stunt to me. Yeah. Like, they're trying to save face because if their vote really did matter, you would have done the vote in the first place to join the thing. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you're just doing the vote to leave it now is just to save face. Yeah. So, I don't look too much into that because I think it's kind of cowardly in a way. But, I just so lucky that. Yeah. And the money, the money that JP Morgan promised to these clubs, was it three, it was 3.5 Billion for all of them? Yeah. Or was it each? No, uh, each doubt one, it was each. It was like 3.2 for each one. 3.1 bill for each, each team. So. Yeah. And you know the depth that teams like Barca are in. So it was like, yeah. But the, the thing is, okay, like obviously, I'm not saying like that money obviously just goes like straight into the transfers. It goes into a whole bunch of things that the clubs need the money for. But were these clubs going to be able to transfer players in like what do you guys think? like depending on what uefa Let, let's say it happened let's say this thing happened uefa probably would have said you have to transfer between your own league you can't transfer yeah, out between each other yeah they would have said anybody that's outside of that um league cannot transfer so no bundesliga transfers no uh liga no eredivisie none of that that's one oh speaking of which i commend the bundesliga so much because of what they have in place. Right. I mean, they have some of the cheap... They have, I think, of all the top five leagues in the world, they have the cheapest season tickets. Yes. The model that these clubs are run on is very commendable. 
I really wish it's something we can bring to England, but the fifty plus one, love it. Literally not possible to bring to England with uh, the owners that we do have in place. Hopefully they, hopefully the owners of England kind of learn from the situation. We have a lot of guys. As of today, the other news kind of overarching this. We can probably ask Eddie what he thinks about it. We can talk about it now, I guess. Jose Mourinho has been sacked. Been sacked with Tottenham. Yeah. This kind of this happened the same day. All these all these clubs were uh, joining up for the Super League. So We're not going to know what really happened there for another year. Yeah. In, two, in two years, Jose will say some shit. Yeah. yeah. But, Adi, you happy Jose Mourinho's been sacked? Oh. Jose. Jose. You know, like, I think the idea of bringing Jose to the club was great. Because obviously, you know, like, a main winner, you know, the guy who's won everywhere he's gone. Mm-hmm. I just don't think it worked out at Spurs. I just don't think like it, I, don't, I don't know a single Tottenham fan that's mad that he's I, I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it. It's just like part like a small part of me is like, damn, if Mourinho couldn't win titles at Spurs, who will? And like that part of me is extremely scared of the future of Tottenham Hotspur. But uh, there were good moments of the Mourinho reign. Obviously, I think the best one is uh, us beating United six one. But there were also just like times when it just seemed like the Mourinho style was just not working. And there were so many players that should be starting that weren't starting under the Mourinho. Um, he, just, he lost the locker room too early. Yeah. I have a question. Yeah. Did Jose Mourinho fail at Tottenham? Yeah. Yeah. And in what aspects? The main reason why he was brought in was to win a trophy. If Tottenham wanted to develop their squad or something, they would have gone after somebody else. Mourinho was brought in to win trophies at Tottenham Hotspur, and he did not win a trophy. Is, is the club at a worse place than it was before he came? I don't think. I don't think they cared. No. I no like because a lot, a lot of. I don't think it is no. How, but at the same how, time, hmm? how is how is the club not at a worse place than before Mourinho? No, no I'm saying I don't think it. No, like. I think it is at a worse place. Okay. Definitely worse. But I don't. I do not think that was a primary objective of Mourinho's tenure. I think his job was to strictly win something. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, if you if you if you disregard the what if you disregard the Champions League final that Poch did, Tottenham didn't make a cup final since. What like two thousand and fourteen, something like that. I believe so. I, I don't know. I believe that's and our last cup final. I mean, granted, he made a Carabao Cup final against Manchester City that they probably. I mean, the, we never dis- disregarding the disregarding the Champions League game that City had before. They were they were not going to win. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know. I I don't. I'm still I'm still trying to gather my thoughts on this whole Mourinho thing. I don't think. He failed. And the eyes just because he led them to a care about cup final, that's why he didn't fail. No, but he didn't like he didn't well we said let him there. He didn't get to play the game. Yeah, for a reason. Yeah. I think I can at least say that he did I also think he was prematurely sacked though. I agree. I mean I, I think he was sacked. Like that's the thing, we gotta wait for, for like he's gonna he, he's not, he doesn't say anything. You gotta wait like two years. He was probably something had to do with the Super League. Yeah, probably I which why he was sacked. But then they, everyone came out saying like he he had lost completely lost the dressing room. Yeah, like there, are, 
there were definitely a lot of people who either didn't like the man management of Mourinho or didn't appreciate, you know, like certain things about like the Mourinho style. But I can at least say as a Spurs fan, there were improvements in the squad that I saw. Like the improvement of Harry Kane from like under Poch to under Mourinho, it's not like a night and day thing, but um, Harry Kane went from like, oh, one of the best in the Premier League to I would argue one of the best in the world under Mourinho. I would argue that I would say Son elevated his game from like, oh, one of the most underrated players in the league to like someone who gets consistently um, rated week in, week out. Hugo Lloris, as much as we like love ragging on him, has had his best season under Mourinho since like what, year two of um, Potch. So it's just like there were some improvements. But then my thing is with Mourinho, everything with him has just become exponential so ever since he's left I mean whatever you can put it to everyone knows before Mourinho got this job wherever Mourinho goes there's the hot there's the honeymoon period the grace period and then it gets bad yeah I think it's just faster like the more that he's gone on yeah he lost it, the dressing room too early yeah it's just been faster like, like when, when like, he when he went been, back to Chelsea and he won the league yeah like and then and then and then eventually lost the dressing room it. and then it got sacked and then the same thing at United won the Europa League, lost the dressing room got sacked Tottenham didn't even get their fucking yeah yeah but Mourinho has been sacked the uh, I think it's a good thing for Tottenham yeah I think so too. I think it's a good thing for Tottenham I mean depending it, on what they get all, now the amount of Tottenham fans that are saying I hope we lose the final so Mourinho gets sacked. It will surprise it was bad. you. Like they, that is how much that he needed to go. Yeah, like like the, I, I, didn't, I didn't see any of that. You didn't see there were no. If anyone anyone who said that was cap, that's that's, no, that's complete. No, they, no, they were just no, like they need that, a reason I, to get to. I find it extreme. They were willing to lose a cup final, a yeah. trophy that they haven't won in twelve years, yes. for Maria to get sacked. Yes. yes, that's complete over exaggeration. I don't think so, because. Mourinho's not taking them anywhere. Add it, add it. If you didn't win oh, yeah, well, the cup final for 12 years. No, no, just ask him what's your, what's your opinion right now. Would, if, if you knew that if you lost, Mourinho would get sacked, would you take that or would you just take the win and Mourinho stays? I would take the trophy. We haven't won the trophy. We haven't won a trophy in what, 12 fucking years. I would have yeah. taken the trophy. But would you rather have Jose Mourinho going into a cup final or? I would rather have uh, Jose Mourinho. Like, his record in cup finals speak for itself. So, I would rather have Jose Mourinho than um, Ryan Mason. So, hey, man. Ryan Mason is 29. Youngest manager in the league. Like, Hugo is five years older than Ryan Mason. Just, just oh. think. Just think. Tottenham didn't play good against Southampton. That first half was shambles. Did the sh- did the first the first half was, uh, it was, it it was, was shambles. The first half was so bad. The second like, half was better. but Like, Tottenham, like... They literally just got a girth build goal out of nothing. And then the and then, pen. And then it changed. Yeah. I really hope they don't get a Nyquilsman or somebody of that nature. Please if if Tottenham get like a, a Rafa Benitez, I think Rafa should go to Arsenal. I think Arsenal is a perfect club for no, Rafa, Rafa Benitez. Rafa, Rafa can come to if Rafa. he gets the backing, which he won't. So if he wants to Tottenham, I yeah. think he could go He should come to Spurs. He should come to Spurs. Yeah. All right. But... Now we're talking about what the, um, the new new Champions League format. Yes. So for those who do not know, 
Actually, we can talk about we can talk about the conference first. Okay, so um, UEFA came up with this new idea to come up with a third European um, tournament. tournament called the UEFA Conference League. It's basically a CTEC Champions League. That's what it's a Europa it. League version of the Europa League. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what it is. Yeah. And so basically, in, like, in the top five leagues, whoever finishes in seventh or whoever wins like the secondary cup in their league would would go through a qualifier. Basically, the Conference League, nobody is guaranteed a spot in the Conference League. Everybody has to go through at least one round of qualifiers to get in. It just depends on the country that you're in. So if you're seventh place in England, you only have to go through one round. If you are, what is that? I think fifth in like the Eredivisie, you have to go through two rounds. If you are like third in the Romanian first division, you have to go through five rounds. It just kind of depends on the coefficient. But basically, um, yeah, the whole the whole the whole purpose they're just making another tournament. But the thing is. The thing that are changing to the Europa League. So, the Europa League will no longer have a round of 32. So, there is going to be a round taken away from the Europa League. Because, as you know, in the Champions League currently, there's a round of 16, quarterfinal, semifinal, final. In the Europa League currently, there's a round of 32, a round of 16, quarterfinal, semifinal, final. So, there's an additional round. Now, in the round of 16... In the Europa League this year, for next year, there will no longer be a round of 32. So there's, they're going to decrease the amount of teams in the Europa League because of the Europa Conference League. Now, this is the thing that is going to happen. Before teams go to the round of 16, there is going to be a playoff round in the Europa League. Now, this playoff round will be... There will be 16 teams that go to this playoff round. So this is how it's going to work. Teams who finish in the first place of the eight groups, or we'll kind of we'll kind of disregard the new Champions League format for now. But teams that finish first place in the eight groups of the Europa League, they will go directly to the round of sixteen of the of the tournament tree. So there's eight teams in, and there's eight spots to be filled. Now this this preliminary uh, knockout uh, playoff round. It will come from the third place team in the group stages of the Champions League, and they will play a playoff round against the teams who finish second in the Europa League groups. When those teams play, the eight teams that go on, because there'll be 16 teams in that playoff round, the eight teams to go on from there will go to the round of 16. And then the the loser, I think, is out. Yeah. And then the third place team from the Europa League drops to the conference. Plays the playoff round of the Europa Conference League. So the same thing, they will play the second place team in the group stage of the Europa Conference League. Essentially, any anybody that drops down from Europa to Conference is basically like dropping down, at least previously, from Champions League to Europa. Yeah, basically the same thing. However, there is, instead of the round 32 in the Europa League, there is now a playoff round. When does it start? Next it's- season. The Europa League one starts next season. The, cha- the yeah. new Champions League one starts in a couple of years. It starts 2024-25 season. Yeah. But, yes, so there will be a playoff. There's no longer going to be a round of 32 in the Europa League. There's going to be a playoff round. So, and this just for so wait, more games. So, is, is the Champions League connected with it next year or no? Yes. Yes. Oh, it's okay. people, yes. Their third so place team, third place team instead of going to the round of 32, they're going to have to play a game to qualify for the tournament. Yeah. Basically, against the teams who finish second. 
I'm not opposed to this. Yeah, I'm not. not I actually like the idea of, like, unlike, I guess, the modification of the Champions League, in the Europa League's case, I think a different style of more games is beneficial to that. Like, I like this playoff round of, like, nobody is guaranteed, oh, a spot into the next round. I like the Everyone's guaranteed, yeah. Yeah. I like the thrill of, oh, you know, somebody could be a favorite going in and get knocked out in the playoff round. Like, I like the idea of it. I don't mind it. And that that will be, that is how it will go for the uh, Europa Conference League and its inclusion into the other tournaments in Europe. But in 2024, the 2024-25 season, there is going to be a change in format to the Champions League. So, if you guys know, the Europa, the European Super League was going to be a league formatted competition that will transform into a tournament style competition, kind of like how the MLS is. You play games on two sides of the, uh, there's two brackets, yeah. teams play, uh, where, where depending on where you finish, it goes to a tournament when all the games are played, and then there's a tournament in the same season that is played, and then there is a winner. So kind of like how the MLS Cup competition. Top eight go through automatically, and yes. then the what next sixteen next playoffs. Team, next sixteen of playoff. Yeah. And each team that wins their playoff gets seeded against the other eight teams. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. yeah Europe the. This but, was, so in the, the uh, new format of the Champions League. Yeah. No more, uh, no more group competitions. Previously known, there was eight groups, in the. Champions League with 32 teams. Yeah. And now there will be a league format, but it is no longer 32 teams. It is 36 teams. So there will be four additional teams in the Champions League starting in 2024. Mm-hmm. Now, these four t- new teams come from... So one of these teams comes from the Eredivisie. That is the first division in Netherlands yes. that um, Ajax, PSV, and Feyenoord play. So currently, as it stands... Whatever team finishes first place in that league, they don't automatically go to the Champions League. And uh, they have to play uh, a, qualifier. a qualifier to go to the Champions League, which I guess is kind of fair to them. I mean, Ajax have, Ajax have won three Champions Leagues in a row, so it's kind, of, it's kind of fair to them that they have a direct route to the Champions League now. Right. So that is one of the spots taken out of the four. The f- other spot is coming from the French League, League 1. So... As of England, Spain, um, Italy, and Germany currently, top four teams go to Champions League. However, before, and how it is right now, in the French League, only top three go. So an additional spot will be given to the French League so they're on equal footing as the other top leagues in Europe. So they will have four. So now there's two remaining spots. Now these are the kind of complicated ones. So these two spots are going to be given as safety nets to teams that are underperforming in the cur- in their current season of the league. So what do I mean by this? These two spots will go to any team in the top five leagues in Europe yeah. that finish in fifth to seventh. So not in a traditional Champions League spot. However, the- these teams need to have the highest uh, club coefficient rating according to UEFA. Now, when I say club coefficient, this comes from a point system that was that has. A, there's a point system off of the five, the past five seasons of a team's performance in Europe in European competition, and 
this point system is like like three is I'm pretty sure it's the same as uh like a regular league format. It's like three points for wins, draw, uh, one point for a draw, stuff like that. You get points based off of how you perform in Europe. And then points are calculated off of your past five seasons, and then that is totaled up, and then it's off of a ranking. So if I look on my phone right now at the club coefficient ranking. Spurs. Spurs number, ranking. like, so as of this season, Bayern Munich are number one, Real two, Barca third, Man City fourth, and so on and so forth. Now, these two spots for the fifth and seventh place teams, what do I mean by this? So, currently in the Premier League, like, if this was to happen, if the, se- if the Premier League season ended right now, and this thing came into, um, this, thing, this new format started next season. So, currently in the Premier League, top four is Man City, Manchester United, Leicester City, and Chelsea. So, those four teams would go to the, go to the Champions League next year. Now, these two safety net groups, these happen not only to the Premier League, but all the top leagues in the world. The teams finishing in 5th and 7th is what you have to look at. So, if I look at 5th and 7th, it's West Ham, Tottenham, and Liverpool. Now, you have to compare the 5th and 7th for all the leagues. So, for the 5th and 7th place team in France, Germany, Italy, Spain, and England. Whichever one of those 5th... So, so that's what? 15 teams total, right? Whichever one of those 15 teams has... The two, so it's two clubs are going because those are the two spots remaining. Whichever of those two teams in fifth to seventh of those 15 are the highest on the club coefficients ranking, those two teams go to the Champions League. So if the season ended this year, that would be Liverpool since they are in ninth place. And I think the other one would be Dortmund because they're in 13th place because Dortmund are currently in fifth place in the Bundesliga. So that's how that would work. And when this happens, the, the the league that is having an extra team, so a fifth team goes to the Champions League, um, that lose. that team, the seventh place team, does not go to the Europa Conference League. Because currently in UEFA, there is a seven team, there's a seven team limit on teams that can go to European competition. Unless, unless there are two, unless it's like the Prem where... Someone wins yes. the FA Cup and yeah. then someone wants the Carabao Cup, then we have nine teams. Exactly. So that's that's the uh, that's the only contingency. But yeah, um, so that that is the new format of qualifying. So the how the actual tournament is going to be played, it is a there's no more like group A, B, C all the way to H or whatever or whatever it is, right? H. Yeah. There's no more groups. Everyone is going to be put in one league table. And every and every team in the league table will be given ten games to play. Now, the whole reason for this new format is kind of centered around these ten games. You even want to get more money because before every team is guaranteed six games in the group format because you play each of the other three teams home and away. That's six games, six games minimum. They want to change the minimum to ten games because of more revenue and stuff like that. So. Every team in that league, so now that you know the, the 36 teams that are in, as I said, Ajax or whoever wins the Eddie Divisi, the two underperforming teams, and whichever finished fourth in the French League, they are added to the traditional 32, and those 36 teams make up the new Champions League teams playing in the Champions League. So each one of those teams are given 10 games to play for the Champions League season. They're against five different teams home and away. These teams that are chosen are based off the same uh, the, uh, coefficient metric. 
not the co well yeah the co the coefficient um random draw method of yeah. like uh group A teams group B teams group C teams group D teams when you're talking about like how you you guys know what I mean how the draw is at every beginning of the season those are what the teams are made off, uh, made off of now I think I'll have to double check but I think it's each team plays two group A teams one group B team, one group C team, and one yeah. group D team. That's how I think it is. And then you play each of those teams home and away. Whoever gets the most points at the end of the 10 games, first through eighth, automatically, automatically goes to the round of 16. So now there's six te- there's eight teams in the round of 16, eight teams in, eight teams are needed now. So the next 16 spots, the next 16 after 18, so nine all the way through twenty whatever. Twenty four. Twenty four. Those sixteen teams play each other for in a in the playoff in, in a playoff. Kinda like the playoff round that I was describing for Europa League. They those sixteen teams play in a playoff round against each other and then so eight teams are knocked out and then the winning eight teams go on to the to join the other top eight in the round of sixteen. Now, the new additional new factor of this is that it will be a seeded competition like the NBA, for example, or the MLS, how it is currently. So first place will play the actually. Oh, I need to double check because I don't know if the playoff. I think the sec. I think the playoff round is a seeded competition because mm-hmm. I don't think it's possible to do it. It wouldn't it wouldn't be possible to do a, a seeding off of the oh, would it? Would it still be no? Like basically, like what? What if a lower seeded team knocks out somebody in the playoff? No, they would just go against. I'm pretty sure whoever the. Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure if the winner of the playoff round, if they do a draw to do to choose who plays who in the round of 16, or it's off a of seeding. But I'm pretty sure I know for a fact that the playoff round, the addition, the new playoff round is off, is off of seeding. Yeah, so it'll be nine against twenty four, ten nine. against twenty three, and so on and so forth. But yeah. that is the new. Format of the uh, Champions League that is starting in the 2024-2025 season, and the reason, if you guys are wondering why this is to be changed, this whole re- the reason why this thing was changing was uh, UEFA kind of knew the Super League was supposed to be coming in a couple years. They kind of had a feeling that clubs were uh, going to be uh, doing this uh, this new uh, competition. So this was proposed in a uh, competition of it but the super league was proposed earlier than expected and this this is what was supposed to be in the super league as well so yeah i mean the format was always going to change no matter what it was always going to change to a league competition but yeah this is this is what it is now and um i mean yeah i if it's kind of confusing i completely understand there's videos on youtube who that probably explain it better than i did but yeah it's going to be a league competition now 36 teams instead of 32 France get one, two underperforming teams, and uh, the editor of the So, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, that's about it. I can't really think of anything else. No, you yeah. pretty much covered everything. Um, our opinions on it. I think it's absolute insanity. Like It's I, insanity now, but, like, 
the idea more is more Champions League games is yes, always good. Yes, it's always good. My whole thing is that playoff round is gonna like, be crazy. It's gonna be great. I think the idea is great. My thing is it's just like more games and it's I feel like it's yeah, this, more that, that's congested. Thing. The calendars are already yeah. congested. Like so. the idea of it is great. Like I think everybody wants more soccer, you know, like more drama, you know, this, that and the third. So the idea is there. But we already have in most leagues like a thirty four to thirty eight game um season. season. Plus you have if cups. you play if you play in England there's two cups that you have to yes, play there's for. Two cups uh, well, most leagues have one to two cups, and then plus the Champions League, and you know preseason is probably going to be shorter. It's just like in, in fairness, in fairness to England, those two cups are kind of separated. Yeah, they don't overlap too crazily unless you go super far. But yeah, it's a bit ridiculous, but I think they can make it work. My whole thing is, how are they going to make it work in like years where they have uh, international competitions? Now that. When is the Winter World Cup? Is that is is not next winter, but the following winter? Yes, yeah, twenty twenty two. Twenty twenty two. It starts in November, I think. Yeah, the end of November. Yeah. Oh, so the World Cup will happen before this even comes into play. Yeah, Euro oh, so, Euros will be, will be the next one that comes into play. I think for this one, because it'll be what Euro twenty twenty four. Yeah, or twenty five, whichever one they decide. Euros will be in the summer, so it's fine. Yeah, but um, yeah, Dan, you like? What do you think about the new format? The one that comes in in four years? Yeah. I... It's it's a lot more games on the middle-level teams. So, like, teams yes. like Sevilla and... I would have liked it if they kept it the same. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I understand that. It's kind of like, why are you doing this? Why fix a system that's nothing wrong with it? But... Yeah. My... I think... My... I, I mean, I'm kind of for it. I, I always thought the Champions League format itself... Already had way too much spacing as it already does. Yeah. I mean, you you guys freaking know as soccer fans that that I don't I don't know when that last game is, but the November to February break oh, of Champions geez. like where they don't play any Champions League games yes. for two months. It was so annoying. It was it was really it really was so annoying. Yeah. Like the gap. I don't. Is it the. It's the gap between the knockout stage and the last group stage game. Yeah, it's like it's like it's from almost like that, two months. It's from like the beginning of December because that's usually when match day six is to second week of February, if that. Yeah, I mean that that's one thing that annoyed me about the Champions League format currently, but I think my my main criticism other than the games is like the whole fifth to seventh thing because there is going to be a team on here that you would think doesn't deserve Champions League that's going to get it over another league. So, like, for example, um, Liga Nos has, what, Porto, Benfica, and Sporting. If we kept it as is right now, I think only Sporting would go through, and then Porto would get Europa, Benfica would get Europa, and whoever is fourth would get Conference. And I think whoever is, who's the other seven place team? So it would be, what, Liverpool and Dortmund. When essentially Dortmund finished fifth in their league and like Porto finished second in their league, and Dortmund would get Champions League and Porto would get Europa. Yeah, so that's that's, that's the thing. It's it's kind of it's kind of not fair to the uh, to some of the lesser to some not lesser smaller leagues. The smaller Sorry. leagues, like yeah, like I said, Switzerland, Portugal, Turkey, stuff like that. Yeah, sure. So, but at the end of the day, the big boys make the big money, so we want to see them in the Champions League as much as we possibly can. So let's uh, 
That that is the annoying thing. Are we calling a Spurs top of the table? You know, first place. 2024, 2025. Bro, they're going to be in the D group. <laughs> the D pot. Mm-hmm. When those teams are like, freaking uh, Krasnodor and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, they're going to be like Krasnodor and something. Oh, my God. They're going to be like Krasnodor and something. But, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't mind it. I, I kind of like the underperforming thing because well, sometimes, kind of like how Liverpool is now, sometimes you just have that. It's just not true. Sometimes you just have an unlucky year, bro. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, we'll see. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's about it right now. Unless you guys can think of anything else to talk about. No, I think we're done. All right. See you guys later. All right.